minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast, everybody from the Mass and Web Studio. Bobby Blanco and Amy Jennings joining you live on the Mass and Web. Stu- oh, sorry, the Mass and Facebook page and YouTube channel. Hopefully, you making us part of your Wednesday afternoon. If not, you're checking us out after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You know the drill. Wherever you find podcasts, you can subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast. Amy, good to see you. How was your weekend? How was Maryland Homecoming? It was so fun. Now my brother goes there officially. Mm-hmm. He's officially a Terp, so it made it like a little bit more exciting to yeah. get to go down there and celebrate with him. But Terp's got to win. I'll take it. Yeah. Commander's got to win. Commander's got to win. It was a good, good football weekend. weekend for yeah. us. I saw the uh, on your Instagram you posted like a series of pictures of you and your brother at various stages in your guys' life of uh, Maryland football games. It was really cute. Yeah, and now that the you're, braces. Uh, no, now he's a full-grown like student. Yeah. Going to, yeah. I think that was my first homecoming I missed since I graduated. That could be wrong, but... Oh, sorry Probably. I wasn't missed it. Yeah, but glad you had a good time. Looked yeah. like the weather would hold held out pretty well. And uh, yeah, got a W. How was your weekend? Mark Zuckerman's Northwestern Wildcats. Oh, yeah. Uh, big rival. I forget in about the, that uh, every time. How I could you? about that. I know. <laughs> Northwestern, all they talk about is that they went to Northwestern. Right. Um, mine was fine. I had a uh, cousin engagement party on a Saturday, which is why I missed the game. But it was a lovely time seeing some family. Um, Bobby's a busy man this fall. Oh my gosh, we've been through it. It's a uh, 17 days to my own wedding, so it's it's getting down to crunch time. Yeah, um, start the countdown. Countdown's been started. It's <laughs> don't think I don't know how much longer we have to go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it was it was a solid weekend. It's you know, fall, we're in full fall mode. Like there was a time where it was like almost too hot for fall early October right it was still kind of warm and yeah. now we're like getting into like the 60s and high 50s every single day and that's you like it that's prime time <laughs> me oh yeah just all the pumpkin stuff we got our Halloween candy the other day we're ready to go we have no decorations but we're excited for Halloween got a couple Halloween parties come to this weekend which oh, will be fun, fun. yeah and what by, are you gonna be do you have a costume I think my uh I think Megan ordered us like full onesies like oh. either we're either like pumpkins or like ghosts <laughs> or something i forget which one she got oh cute um but yeah so it, it'll people be people get into Halloween. i know man. we're not i'm not one of them but i can enjoy the spirit right i just won't take too much partake in it if that makes any sense yeah. um well if we're because we're in late october that also means the world series is starting the fall classic we now know that matchup the Houston Astros versus the Philadelphia Phillies the one seed in the American League versus the sixth seed from the National League what a matchup. I mean, I think a lot of people probably had Houston and their brackets going to the World Series again for the second straight year under Dusty Baker. But I can't imagine too many people had the Phillies, especially the way their season started. They've just torn through this October Insane. and find themselves in a similar situation the Nats found themselves in uh, in 2019. Just goes to show you, like, whatever team's hot. You yeah. know, you just have to make it to the playoffs and whatever team's hot's going to fly through. But yeah. who's your pick? I really don't want the Phillies to win. I have to say that. Um, you don't? No. Okay. I think it's just from being from a DC. Yeah. Like, you know, it makes sense. If I'm putting it's my fan division. hat on, it's hard not to root against them, right? But as you know, obviously as a reporter, it's just I want to see seven games. Yeah. You know, and just a good series, good back and forth, like we saw in 2019. But it's also like the flip side. You know, you got to root for Dusty. Like it's hard not to root for Dusty. Um, <laughs> All those videos you were posting of him just so cute. Yeah, I know. So it's like, <laughs> it's hard not to root for Dusty. I understand people still have some hard feelings toward the Astros. Yeah. I don't really have that anymore because because the Nats won in 2019 and because we're a couple years removed from that. So like, I don't really, doesn't really bother me as much. 
especially with Dusty Baker at the helm. Um, I guess I'm just rooting for. I think the Astros are finally just the juggernaut that can't be beat. But you have to wonder: Are the Phillies like that team of destiny type of team? Yeah, it'd be. I'll admit, I think I'd like to see the Phillies win. I think it would make make it so exciting. I think you know whatever. The Astros are going to win. You think so? I think the Astros are going to win probably in five. Really? Yeah. I don't think it'll be a sweep. Um, if they do win in five or sweep, that's changes the whole narrative of this October because it's no longer, oh, look at this great magical run the Phillies had to the World Series. No, it's look how dominant the Astros yeah. were not losing. They haven't lost a game yet this October, They're which is crazy. Just They're so good. Right. In all aspects. I mean, they can do it They can do it via power. They can do it very situational hitting. They have great pitching. They have a great bullpen. They've got Dusty Baker has got his thumb on every move and has made all the right moves so far this, this postseason. So, I don't know. It feels like maybe it's finally their time, Dusty's time. Um, but the way they just manhandled the – I thought that series was going to go six or seven. Yeah, that was really something. Sweeping the Yankees was, was something else. So, so you, you would like to see the Phillies, but you're picking Astros? Yeah. I'll go the opposite because then I'm just going to hedge this bet. I'll pick the Phillies, okay. but I want the Astros. Okay. So if the Astros win, then I get what I want. But if the Phillies win, that means sure. I'm correct. So I'm just That's hedging the, best the bet. Way to yeah. be. uh, emotional hedge. Um, so yeah, should be a great. Hopefully, so I, what I don't like is this week long break. I know. I guess they weren't expecting you know both championship series to end in five and four games. Right. But like, come, I mean, it's like the series ended on Sunday. Now we have to wait till Friday for the World Series. I think MLB can be a little more. Also, I'm sure the teams don't like it, right? Like. No. You, you, then it plus, it messes up your pitching. Wrenching your pitching schedule. Hitters could get out of a rhythm. You know, I don't know. It, it could be a bad look. And it doesn't help the Phillies, who are so hot. Right. You know, like, That's what I was going to say. It could be a bad look if, like, you know, Bryce Harper goes, like, 0 for 8 for right. his first two games and just looks completely out of place because he lost. He was sitting for five days. Right. So, so it'll be interesting. It would be interesting. Hopefully, it's a competitive series. Competitive series. Um, One more housekeeping note before we get to. um. Our, our meat of the program, uh, Victor Robles and Juan Soto named Gold Glove finalists last week. Juan Soto still technically a member. Um, he's representing both the Nationals and the Padres, of course. I, I couldn't find a like definitive rule about this. I don't think there is one. But from all accounts that I could tell, any player that's traded midseason, also within the same league, and that ends up winning a postseason award, it sounds like both teams claim that award. Right. Um, so... I think the Nationals, I mean, they're not going to, like, post, like, a graphic about it. or I, I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. But they're not going to, like, you know, show make this whole hoopla mm-hmm. about Juan Soto winning a gold glove. He's not going to win, by the way. Um, but if he does, I don't think the Nationals would throw, like, this whole big, you know, celebration about it. Right. But they'll include it in their record books. Interesting. It is interesting. Um, but so two guys representing the Nationals in the gold glove finals. Victor Robles, all the struggles we talked about at the plate this year, of course, had a great defensive game, uh, defensive season, coaches and managers taking notice. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he finishes in that. That's actually has a pretty legit chance, I think, yeah. to actually claim that gold glove. Yeah, today we're going to talk about three ways that the Nationals need to improve to perform better next season. Defense is one of those. Mm-hmm. And as much as we complain about Victor Robles and his struggles at the plate over the last three seasons, one thing is he is a solid defender. Yep. And um, we'll see. We'll I think see. he has a chance. I think he does, too. I, I think um, I, I don't have who he's going up against. Actually, yes, I do. Um, no, I don't. Right in front of me. But um, uh, sorry, it's Trent Grisham and Alec Thomas uh, from the Padres and Diamondbacks, respectively. So that's actually a fair fair group of center fielders for Victor Robles to t- try to take home his first gold glove. Also, ironically, these are 
both the second time these guys have been named finalists. Right. And they were both named finalists together back <laughs> in 2019. Uh, so that's pretty funny. Uh, wait, was it 2019 or 2018? But that's when Soto was in left field, yes. not right field. Um, so good luck to both of those. I think Mookie Betts is a clear runaway in right field um, for the NL Gold Glove. So Juan's not going to get one. But people were complaining why he was a finalist. And I, I wrote about this on MassSports.com. It wasn't no, as much had to do with his like statistics. Like he was pretty bad, if not horrible, in right field. Right. Uh, if you look at his metrics, but it's just a lack of a like. There's a very specific rules for who can qualify to be a finalist for a Gold Glove, and there was only well, a handful of guys that qualified for right field. Well, and we said the same thing when he was in left. Right. When we were like, oh, really? If you look at the defensive numbers, are we sure? Yeah. Um, but you know, that's only has part to do with it. Right. So it was a small pool to choose from. Okay, maybe his name gave him a little bit of a head or a head start. But either way, he's not going to I think Mookie Betts is yeah, like 99.9% chance of winning that that gold glove. He led the NL, maybe maybe the NL, maybe all of baseball with, I think it was like 15 defensive run saves in right field. So he was just a complete stud out there defensively. Um, you mentioned our topic today. Let's move on to it. We are talking about three areas that the Nationals could improve next year. And I guess part of this conversation also has to deal with how do they address improving that over the offseason? Right. I mean, of course... The World Series hasn't started yet, so free agency technically hasn't started yet. There are we're not going to dive too deep into like the free agency pool until guys actually officially become free agents. A lot of players have options that could be picked up or declined, so we're not going to go too deep into that just yet until we know the official pool free players, agency class. Yeah. I guess yeah, um, but three areas where they can improve. How could they could they could address it this off season? Is it an in house fix? Is it an out house out of house fix? Um, and the first one. Uh, we want to discuss was adding power to this lineup. Um, Nelson Cruz, who was brought in as the first full-time Nationals DH, um, has a $16 million mutual option for next year. That's very unlikely to be picked up by either side. So it'll be a $3 million buyout from the team, making his total, um, I think, around uh, $15 million between the two uh, seasons from his contract with the Nationals. Nelson Cruz did not have a season that the Nationals were hoping. Um, and for most of this season, Juan Soto and Josh Bell were providing the power right. for this lineup. And and then if you look at after they were traded, it was Luke Voigt and Joy Manessas. This team did not hit for power very well. And that's kind of what you – I mean, if you look at – look at the team still standing. Like, we just talked about it. The Astros can hit for power when they want. The Phillies basically hit their way via power to this World Series. Uh, of course, the Yankees hit for power. They made the ALCS. Other teams like the Padres and the Braves um, and uh, the Dodgers, they all hit home runs a lot. The Nationals did not. They were, one of the, they were I think, last in the National League and 27th in all of baseball with 136 home runs right. total. The average in the major leagues was a 170, just a little over 173, so about 37 short for the Nats. How do the Nationals add more power to this lineup next year? Ooh. Well, like you just said, I mean, the top, all of the t Yankees, Braves, Astros, Phillies, and Mar Mariners, all playoff teams all finished in the top 10 in home runs. Like, mm -hmm. we know that you have to hit home runs to win baseball games in today's game. Do you go out? I mean, you're going to need a corner outfielder. You're going to need a left fielder unless you put together a platoon of if it's Alex Callback, you have Yadiel Hernandez, maybe uh, you put together, maybe Josh Palacios is back. You put together kind of a platoon in left field. Maybe you go after more of a power bat to fill that left field position. And if you're going through that platoon, just 
for the sake of numbers, if you're adding Yadiel Hernandez, and this is this is our this is part of more, more of the question later on about like if they do add a power bat, does it have to be left-handed because they have a lot of right-handed bats now, and then now they're DH who expected to be um, Luke Voigt as a right-hander, um, filling the because right the, now you just have Abrams and Garcia. Well, it's Yadiel. Luis Garcia, Abrams, Palacios if he's back, and then your switch hitters are K Bear and maybe Odomaro Vargas if they bring him back right. um, off his minor league deal. But those guys combined, all those names I just mentioned, they combined for only 26 home runs this year. Juan Soto ended with 27 by himself. He had 21 with the Nats <laughs> by himself. So that is like a very, that's, you know, you one, two, three, four, five, six guys combining for just one more home run than one guy that you traded away. I mean, that is not going to be a solid way you just can't get that prime product you need more i mean with luke Voigt coming back you expect him to maybe hit around 30 throughout the course of the season that's that's maybe not 30 25 30 that, that's fine but i think you need to find home runs elsewhere they just don't have any sure thing no like luke right. Voigt is the closest thing to a sure thing of a, a power hitter mm-hmm. like joey manassas 14 home runs and that was maybe like surprising you know that wasn't like a short thing you knew Joey Manessis was going to come up and hit for power you know um same thing with Lane Thomas he shows some power but you know that's kind of, it's not a short thing yeah so really the closest thing they have is is Luke Boyd and when we're also talking about power we're not just talking about home runs balls right so if you look at slugging percentage too which is basically extra base hits um they rank 12th in the National League and 24th in Major League Baseball with of the 377 slugging percentage their OPS was 687 which was 12th in the National League 22nd in baseball mm-hmm. OPS obviously includes obviously on base percentage too so that's not entirely indicative of of power but then you look at things like just getting the ball in the air like that was something that they struggled with and that was Nelson Cruz's biggest struggle if you read Mark Zuckerman's player review of of Cruz from last week he, he really struggled to get the ball out of the uh, off the ground out of the air. Mm-hmm. He ranked in the 84th percentile in the majors with an average exit velocity of 90.9. That's good enough to get some production out of, right? But his ground ball rate went from 40 was down to 43.4% compared to 53% the year prior. So he does, he struggled to get the ball out of the air. The Nationals as a whole struggled to get the ball out of the air. They had the most ground outs in the majors. They grounded into the most double plays in the majors. They had a 1.113 ground out to fly out ratio, which led the National League and was second in all of baseball. This is not a full indicator because it's kind of situational, but they were only 10th in the National League and 19th in baseball with just 37 sack flies. Obviously, that, you know, mm-hmm. means getting guys on base and getting them over, but like that just is another indicator of the lack of being able to get the ball right. up in the air. And then it also varies from player to player because we know the whole situation with C.J. Abrams is they wanted him to get the ball in the mm-hmm. air less and hit more ground balls, which that's a whole other conversation. But that, that's because he's a speed guy, <laughs> but, right? Exactly. But you're talking about guys so like Cruz and Voigt and Manessis, you want them to get the ball exactly. in Exactly. So it just varies you know, from, from player to player. Right. But they don't have any sure power bats in this mm-hmm. lineup right now. So what you do about that in free agency kind of is yet to be seen. Obviously, you're not going to go out and sign anybody for a lot of money. Um, but you know you have to probably fill an outfield spot, and that would probably be the best way to do it. Looking at some – I mean, again, we don't want to dive too deep into some free agency names, but, like, guys that I could see that can hit for home runs, that will be free agents. Matt Carpenter, Jace Peterson, Jock Peterson, David Peralta, Michael Brantley. Um, those are just a handful of names that you know can, you know, hit for some power and add to this mm-hmm. lineup. Um, 
and those were all left-handers. So it kind of goes back to my question I brought up when I was bringing up the lefties and switch hitters. Doesn't need to be a left-hander. I think in today's day, today's game with the three batter minimum rule coming out of the bullpen, it doesn't necessarily have to be a left-hander. I do nice. think it would help though, right? It would because be nice. you've got Juan Soto who was a power lefty bat. Josh Bell was another power switch hitting bat, um, even though he was and he was better left-handed than he was right-handed. I think he was a natural lefty. So that's kind of a it's not as big of a miss avoid to fill but it is a small portion that you might want to consider you know if you're picking between two guys who are basically the same player and one of them's left-handed you might want to try to lean toward the left-handed bat right exactly i mean and, and banning the shift is going to change some things that's I mean, true if we're too. talking about a, a power bat that's you know not as important but right. that's going to change some things for lefty hitters so so that's a big thing we you have to hit for more power have for more power and like and some of the guys i named like you know I don't think we can expect Garcia to hit for power, Abrams, uh, Palacios. Yad, I mean, if you're going into the season as Yadiel Hernandez and Caber Ruiz possibly being your two power Keeper, lefty bats, yeah. that's going to be a tough way to go about it uh, because you do have a Manessis and Voight batting right-handed that you know can provide some pop. Um, but you just look across the field. Robles doesn't hit for power. Lane Thomas doesn't hit for – I mean, I guess a Lane Thomas bit. led – but with 17 home runs, right? Like that, like we mentioned two weeks ago, that's good for Lane Thomas. I don't know if that's good for the long term that Lane Thomas is leading the Nationals right. in home runs. And they're getting beat by the home run, so yeah, they right. have to figure out a way uh, to to turn that around. Which brings us into our next topic of area conversation, <laughs> where the Nationals need to improve. And we kind of touched on this a little bit last week with our pitching player reviews. Uh, so we won't go too too deep into the numbers, mm-hmm. but starting pitching. And again, this is a team that Mike Rizzo built around starting pitching. Right. They would love to have five reliable starters. Now, realistically, over the course of a season, you probably need closer to like eight or nine starters. You have half spot starts. But this was a historically bad rotation. Definitely in terms of the Nationals history, and one of the worst in all of baseball this year, you had uh, Josiah Gray leading the league in home runs allowed. You had um, uh, uh, Patrick Corbin leading the league in hits allowed. Um, probably a lot of fly balls too. So how do you, do you, I guess my point is, you. I don't think you can run this back, right? Like you can't go into spring training with the rotation of Corbin Gray. I guess you would add Cavalli. Um, Eric Fetty, if you not if you don't not if you tender him a contract, um, and then what Apollo Espino? I don't think you tried to bring back Anibal. How do you address the starting rotation? That has to be better. It just has to be. I, I'm not saying it has to be the top rotation in baseball, but it right. has to be better than what we just saw. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this whole roster is built on starting pitching um, because you have the Patrick Corbin contract and because you have the Steven Strasburg contract. When you have those two contracts built into your payroll and built into your roster, you can't have what they had this year, which was just pretty much a rotating door of a starting rotation. 15 guys made at least one start this season. That's just not sustainable unless you're going, you're ready to lose, you know, as many games as they did this year. Um, a big part of that is your young guys are going to have to make huge strides, and one of those is Josiah Gray. Obviously, the right. fastball was an issue this year. The home run ball was an issue this year. Um, Josiah Gray has to make huge steps if he's going to be a part of this rotation of the future, and he is. He has the stuff. He can do it. He just has to to make big strides. Then you have Cade Cavalli, which that's kind of yet to be seen. Uh, you know what he's capable of. 
but he has to do it at the big league level. Right. Um, and so those are two guys, young guys, they're going to have to make really big strides. You're going to see Mackenzie Gore next year in this rotation. We don't know what to expect out of him just because we didn't get to see him this season. Um, and it would have been really nice because you had Cole Henry on the brink of his major league debut. And then, you know, of course, the thoracic outlet. So that kind of is a big kick because then you would have had almost a rotation full of these young prospects that are going to be a part of the rotation of the future. Yeah, I guess it's not so much the question of do they have to fix the rotation? That's obvious they do. It's just a matter of how do you address it? Do you entrust this into your young prospects who, they're, like you just mentioned, there are a lot of question marks. We assume Kate Cavalli is healthy this offseason and going into spring training. We have no clue about Cole Henry. Um, if anything, it looks bad. Yeah, and we haven't seen Mackenzie Gore pitch yet. Right. Now, we've seen him pitch in the majors before with the Padres in a small sample size last year, but not in a Nationals uniform. We don't know how he's going to react after that. I this mean, what injury. we're going to see now is the Nationals are going to obviously have to change their philosophy on starting pitching. And they're not going to, it doesn't make any sense to go out and get a big name or really sign right. any type of pitcher at this point until you're really ready to compete because you're probably going to have to sign them for a shorter amount of years. I mean, hopefully they learn their lesson here, you know, with with a higher average annual value. Right. I don't think it really makes sense right now. Unless, really, realistically, what you're going to be able to afford that makes sense is going to be like a, you know, bottom Mm -hmm. tier type of guy. And is that any better than what you got out of any ball at the end of the season? Not that we want to run that back, but if you're just like... Being realistic. I, I think that's the route. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think you have to. You go into spring training next year without adding to this rotation right. in some way. One veteran arm. Right, and so I'm looking for whatever the war equivalent of Anibal was, whatever that was, maybe a little bit younger too, okay. and bringing in a guy like for a, on a small contract with maybe even an option, and that maybe make him more valuable at the trade deadline. Maybe even someone you flip. That's fine too, but. Again, I don't think you can run it back with the five guys I had mentioned earlier and expect things to be different. I, we can't count on Patrick Corbin. You can't count on Kate Cavalli just yet. We saw one start from him. That's Eric I mean, Fetty. Eric Fetty. That's not against Cavalli. It's just, you know, we've seen one start. Right. Um, we have no clue about – we didn't even mention Steven Strasburg yet. We have no clue what Steven Strasburg, if he's ever going to pitch again. Right. So it's like that's just too many holes and a lack of production over a greater sample size or too small of a sample size Mm -hmm. to go in and feel comfortable with this rotation as it is. So yeah, I think you have to look at the market and bring in something. You're right. Not a top guy. You're not looking at the Tyler Anderson's, the Quintana's, the Kershaw's, uh, Wainwright, Kluber's, whoever. These are guys that are listed as free agents and have the top war among starting pitching. You're looking more middle of the pack kind of guys and maybe guys who are looking to, to bounce back or latch on a team that they know they'll start on. Right, exactly. It's going to have to be a guy who's – I mean, you're not going to be even in the in competitive for the top guys because they're not going to come. No, you know, correct. Like, just doesn't make sense. Right. So, yeah, it's going to have to be somebody hoping that they have, like, a little bit of a bounce back year. Mm. But do you want that? Like, <laughs> I, I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you really have a choice. I, I, again, I think you have to – You have to add You somebody. have to add somebody and make it better um, to try to get – some higher level of production. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's kind of like, well, what are we doing? Here? Especially right. a team that prides itself on starting pitching. Yeah. Um, so then um, we're going to have to move on then to, you mentioned earlier, defense. Um, that was a, we kind of talked about this recently when we did the position players uh, reviews. We talked to some, about some guys defensively. Do but do you address defense and free agency? I guess is my question. Or the, like, 
it's to me it's not like like the NF the NFL you go out and you sign defensive players. Right. The NBA you go out and maybe sign like a defensive specialist that comes off the bench. You hockey obviously you sign baseball, you know, you are signing aside from, from pitchers two-way players. I don't know. Do you address defense for? Because I, I, they have to hit too, right? So right. I don't know how you address unless it's like a premier position, like shortstop, center field, maybe catcher. But I don't know how you address D and and those three positions. The Nats are filled, right? Right. So I don't know how you address defense over the offseason. I think the biggest thing is that exactly the younger players are going to have to step up, mm-hmm. and that's the good news is that it's you know Luis Garcia. CJ Abrams like those guys are gonna have to step it up right like CJ Abrams was definitely an upgrade but he still had 11 errors in 40 something games you know and I think a negative defensive run save right exactly the the uh, nationals were second to last in defensive run saves at minus 47 um, so I think if all of those young players just continue to grow and step it up a little bit that's gonna help their defense significantly yeah if you go out and get a left fielder maybe in free agency, um, we don't really know what's going to go on at third base, but then you could have the perfect combination of hopefully getting a power bat and you right. could upgrade that that position defensively. The kind of kill two birds with one stone exactly. type of thing. Because then you could platoon that with, you mentioned the guys like Yadiel, uh, Palacios, Alex Call um, as your backup outfielders. And, you know, come into spring training with a handful of guys and see who, who sticks out. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think defense and left field is definitely going to be... We saw Lane Thomas was significantly better in right field. Um, yes. For whatever reason, his arm plays better in right field. He seemed more comfortable playing balls off the wall in right field. David Martinez pointed that out a bunch near the end of the season. So he's your right fielder. Victor, we just talked about, is a gold glover or in gold glove finalist. Field. Yeah. Gold glove caliber in center field. He's your center fielder despite what he brings at the plate. And then, I mean... Yadiel's the opposite. You know he can hit pretty well when he's healthy, but he's a liability out in left field. So, yeah, I don't. I don't again, I don't think you would address specifically defense in, in free agency like this. But yeah, you can try to get a two for one and then platoon them. You know, maybe you have the late defense. Maybe you start Yadiel in left field, and then you have someone come off the bench as a defensive replacement exactly, um, late in the yeah. game. But um, it is definitely an area. Third base. Does Carter Keebum come back? Does he play a factor in this? I mean, he'll be there, right? So right. how does he? I mean, Tommy right, John surgery too. That's directly affects his defense. Right. I mean, pretty. I mean, you know, your middle infield's locked. You right. know, pretty much first base is locked with Joey Manessis, most likely. It's the third base and left and center field and right are locked right now. So really, it's only third base and left field that are kind of up in the air what they'll do. But I, I agree with you that they're not going to go out and target defense. Yeah. Um. But it would certainly help, and it would certainly help their starting pitching, especially these young starting pitchers because you know when you don't have the defense behind you especially in the middle infield not great kind of want to just just because i popped into my head like we haven't talked about carter keyboom in months right. clearly what kind of role i mean this is not just specifically to this conversation about defense but overall what kind of role is he going to play because you actually got pretty good third base play from ildemaro vargas late in the season he was on a minor league deal you could bring him back He's I think one of the best defenders. I think yeah. I even saw him on social media posting that, you know, we'll be back or can't wait to see me back to Nats fans, whatever it may be. Does Carter keep him come back? I mean, he cannot be 
years past they've said it's his job to lose i think even this year they were they kind of strayed away from that right. he cannot be like the guy next year like no. there has to be some sort of competition while he's also recovering from tj right i mean when he'll be be ready to play who really knows and then what do you i mean if he doesn't earn the starting job eventually then what do you do with him right that's it's gonna be a definitely a storyline yeah through spring training and that goes back to your your drafting conundrums like that's another first rounder that yep. doesn't pan out eric fetty when we were talking about yeah. starting pitching yeah. another one um so those are the three areas that we want to see them address power starting pitching and defense of course this was unfortunately one of the worst and the worst team in baseball this year they finished with the worst record so there are plenty of areas for them to to improve i think the one we agree that they don't really have to do too much is the bullpen if they want to stick nice. with what they have it is nice that's a nice thing to have um it's been the first year i think we've been able to say that yeah and i'm trying to think like they won't have to address first base obviously the middle infield other than i mean they'll they have in-house options at third it's just a matter of who's going to take overtake it and yeah it sounds like to me like only left field is going to be the, the real one that question. you might see them address in this offseason because you have plenty of catchers um, and also starting pitching. But then, um, yeah, I, it's areas of improvement. I, when you're in a rebuilding phase, Amy, like a lot of your solutions are, are going to come in in-house and they're not going to be great right away. But the idea is that eventually they are. And that's not a bad thing. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's good that they have in-house options. Right. Um, because usually that's not the case, yeah. especially with position players. That's been kind of our like whole thing, especially yeah. like, you know, when we're talking about first base, we're like, well, there's really no options in house, or when we're talking about third base, same right. thing. So right, yeah, and it's been that way for a couple of years, but that's because they were winning at the major right. league level. No longer the case. Now you're building from the and you know how far away are we going to see some of these other top prospects, the Robert Hassels, the James Wood, probably not in 2023, but you're looking ahead 2024, 25. That's when you're going to start seeing those guys right. come up and break through the major league ranks. So that'll be pretty exciting as well. So you're looking for short-term fixes, most likely, for a lot of these positions right. while you have some other guys come up through the system. Like you said, not a bad problem to have when you're in, in the middle of a full rebuild. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it for uh, for this week. It's kind of a quick pod, but uh, you know, it's the off season. The World Series is about to start. We got we actually have a surprise coming up for our viewers in the next couple of weeks. It's not <laughs> completely done, so we're working some stuff behind the scenes. We really appreciate Brendan Mortensen producing the show uh, today, and um, we'll be back next week, um, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, same time on uh, the Mass and All Access podcast. Mass National's Facebook page, YouTube channel. Be sure to hit subscribe, notifications button. Also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. Of course, you can find the Mass National Access podcast. At Amy Jennings News for Amy on Twitter, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. At Mass Nationals across the board. Be sure to give us a follow for all your Nationals off-season content. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. 